So I always have a problem when somebody calls me a saint. Um, the thing is that we're all saints if we have a relationship with God. You know, the, the Bible talks about us as, as Christians that we're saints. So yes, I am a saint because I follow God, and so are you. So the sheep and the this is from the message. When he finally arrives, blazing in beauty, and his, all his angels with him, the Son of Man will take his place on his glorious throne. Then all the nations will be arranged before him, and he will sort them out, much as a shepherd sorts out the sheep and the goats, putting the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Sorry, I really don't think you guys are sheep and you are goats, but I'm just going to do this anyway. Then the king will say to those on the right, Enter, you who are blessed by my Father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was homeless, and you gave me a room. I was shivering, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you stopped to visit me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are gonna say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we ever see you in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I tell you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked and ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Then he goes, sorry, you're not really goats. The ones on his left and say, get out, worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. And why? I was hungry. You gave me no meal. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was homeless, and you gave me no bed. I was shivering, and you gave me no clothes. Sick and in prison, and you never visited me. Then those goats are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and didn't help? He will answer them, I tell you the solemn truth. Whenever you failed to do any one of these things to someone who was overlooked or ignored, that was me. You failed to do it to me. Then those goats will be herded to their eternal doom, to eternal reward. So I'm calling this looking for God. And I'm going to pull back a little bit so I can see if that's okay. So you know the story. You've heard it many times. Jesus separates the sheep at the pleased with the sheep and disappointed or even angry with the goats. But when I read this again in preparation for coming today, I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before. I think both the sheep and the goats were looking for God. They just didn't expect to find him in the places that he was, with those who needed him the most and knew it, the ignored and overlooked. Okay. Good to see.
Jesus told the story to the good Jews, one that were interested in the things of God enough to come out and hang out with Jesus. Um, and they were looking for the day of the Lord, the end of things as they knew them, the arrival of the kingdom of God. They wanted that. So they were looking for it in freedom from the oppression from the Romans or in doing temple stuff, uh, following the law, being good Jews. This story is at the very end of a series of stories that Jesus told about how to prepare for that end, the fulfillment of God's work in the world. It was the last week in his life and Jesus was trying to get his final point across. God is coming. Be ready. Look for him. You won't find him in the legalism of religion or political power. In fact, all these things were going to fall apart. They were looking in the wrong places. Both sheep and goats had the same idea. In many ways, they were on the same page but they were missing where Jesus likes to hang out, with those who needed him the most, those overlooked and ignored. Over and over, as I look at those who were attracted to the community that we have, a community of hope, I see this same longing for God. It's in the families who live there and in the families that volunteer pray for us and support us in many ways, said Marilyn, who brings us cookies. They all come because they are missing something and they want to find Jesus. They want to be part of the kingdom, even if they don't know it. So what does this mean? Well, I get to preach Jesus' sermon a little bit differently today, and I want to warn those of us that think they will find good they will find God in just doing good for others. We can take as much pride in how much we give or the sacrifices that we make. We can take this story and make it the guide for our lives and still miss the point. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says that if we speak eloquently, if we have great faith and give everything away and don't have love, it is utterly worthless. So the key is love. At Community of Hope, we brush up against those who Jesus is talking about in Matthew 25, the homeless, hungry, and thirsty, not so much for food and drink, although that's somewhat but more for relationships and a place to be, not just physically, but to be loved and cared for. They are in prisons, sometimes of their own making, sometimes a result of their circumstances, but their sickness is more than physical. It's mental and emotional, struggling because of a lack of healthy relationships or their circumstances. Yes, they need a place to stay, and we do that. And food to eat and clothes to wear and all that stuff, and they get it. But their deepest need is for love. I think that in the story that Jesus told about the sheep and the goats, he talked about people that truly love, give
giving of themselves not because it gets them anything, including God's pleasure. They do it because they can't do anything other than act in love, especially toward those who need it the most. They don't even realize that they are smack dab in the middle of God's kingdom. They just live it. The goats, on the other hand, don't have that love. And it doesn't occur to them to live that out. They don't think they are rejecting God. They just don't have the capacity to get out of their circle of relationships or responsibilities, and they miss out without even realizing it. So what does that mean for us? At Community of Hope, we focus on relationships. Families get to stay four to six months, long enough to find a job and a place, but more importantly, long enough to build relationships. Staff are beyond loving and supportive. Other parents and children there form a community and a family that supports each other and brings out the good Prison walls slowly crack and fall. Penit prisons of abuse and fear. Friendships form. Okay. Thank you for putting up with me here. So Parents get to look beyond where they're going to sleep that night or how hard they have to work to stay clean and sober or how to rebuild their lives not dependent upon the person who loves, abuses them. They face the painful things in their lives and begin to heal. Parents' needs are being met enough that they can look beyond themselves and give attention boundaries, affection, and guidance to their children that they have lacked. They see the needs of their children and not their own. I just, I can't tell stories too much by name, but we have a couple people that moved out recently. One of them was there for a while. When she first moved in, she was so tense. And, and her kids, she had just gotten them back from foster care, and um, their behavior was pretty bad because they, um, they were so uncertain of her love. And, and she had to work very hard to get herself peaceful and at the same time to try to love those kids. And by the time she left, she was so much more peaceful and her kids, their behavior improved immensely. Then we had another mom that uh, moved out recently and she wasn't there for very long and both of these found places, so we're really delighted for them. Um, but she's, she didn't have as much time there and she didn't get to be peaceful in herself, and so she continued to struggle in her relationship with her kids, doing the very best she can and knew what to do to support them, but just struggled so much to be able to get beyond her needs to be loving and patient to the kids. So that's a big part of what we do. The sickness of both parents and children begins to heal. It is far from easy and never free from struggle, but we get to celebrate victory after victory. 
and Jesus welcomes them into his kingdom. So this love thing means that they have a place to sleep and cook and keep their clothes and maybe replace the things that they're missing um, from clothes to social security cards and birth certificates. Um, but they find more than those basic needs. The deepest hunger and thirst for love is met, well, last week uh, for Valentine's, there, another church brought little cookie Valentine's and notes for each person in the house, and they were loved. Um, and then last Monday, a couple came for the first time with their kids um, to be there during dinner and just hung out and got to enjoy and the kids got to play with the other kids there. Um, and then on Wednesday, another, a man and a woman, they're not a couple, came. She always brings cookie dough, and the kids help her make cookies after dinner, and then they sit around and eat worm cookies and, and get to talk. Then, like Bev today is giving me toilet paper and laundry detergent, or not, hand soap, I forget the list of stuff that you said you were gonna bring. So that stuff is available to them, and they feel loved. Or they, uh, Tom and Dick have come every day for, I don't know, a month almost, and frame the inside of the windows. They look so much better. <laughs> they look so much better. But, but they don't just work. Um, Dick especially does such a great job, and Tom too, of loving the kids and loving the adults and seeing them as people and delighting in them. Um, they notice that when they can go to a storeroom when they first get there and every person, uh, parent or child, gets a little lap quilt that was homemade by somebody uh, that they get to wrap themselves with love or a pillow that they can take with them when they leave or some shampoo. It's a reminder, those things, of the time that they had with us. They feel loved. And that love feels a hunger and thirst for more than food, more than medicine, and it comforts even in the deepest trials. So, brothers and sisters, my friends, Dick suggested that I talk statistics. So we have served 287 people in the five years that we've been here. That's 108 families. Almost 80% of the people there find a place before they leave. Um, but these numbers don't capture the story. Um, there's the woman that moved in and said, oh, I love it here. It is so good. People hang out with each other, and I can form friendships. Or there's the, the older child who quick does her homework at sun school so that when she gets home, she can play with the babies and the other kids and hang out with the other moms. It's her choice. She wants to be home when she's home. Numbers don't capture the joy that people feel when they hear welcome home every time they walk in the door, and it's a home. They can't come near the gratitude, Maria, and she told me I could share this and please pray for her. She found out this week she has cancer, and and the thing that she said was, I'm so glad I was here when I got that phone call because I could be with you and I knew I would be okay. That's love. 
That's huge. They experienced the love Jesus recognized when he told the story of the sheep and the goats. They see those that have entered their lives and not just tried to follow the rules or win the prize. Brothers and sisters, your church has done such an amazing job of loving well. Many of you support us financially. Um, you volunteer at our gala. Stephanie does everything. <laughs> Erica, where are you? Where did you go? Okay, there you are. Um, and many others. And you work for justice, not just with us, in working for affordable housing. It's going to happen. And for equality. You welcome houseless strangers into your space every night. Uh, I was riding the bus home on, on Friday night, and there was a woman that got up and said, does anybody know where that homeless shelter is? Can you help me know where to get off the bus? I'm out of money, and I really have to find that spot. So there were several of us that said, okay, it's coming up. Okay, this is your stop. Get off. It's right over there. That's what you do. You give people hope for a place, at least for one night to stay, that are at their at the end of their rope. So thank you for all that you do. And I hope that as I share my stories with you, you can recognize what you've done. Oh, and Joe, I forgot you. Joe, we, um, we're doing a new bathroom, and Joe's company with Joe did the plans for it that I'm going to take to the permitting office this week. I am so blessed. So. I hope that in my stories I can share some of the reality of the impact that you have on other people. Um, I think sometimes you see it clearly, sometimes it's a little more cloudy. Um, but I, I also hope to encourage you to look into your heart at your motivation. Again, both the sheep and the goats were trying to do the right thing. The sheep did it with love, and the goats missed out. So listening to the story, I'm challenged today to check my motives. Do I do what I do at Community of Hope out of love or just because I think it's the right thing to do? Are we sheep or goats? Thank you.